Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Graham, and I get to be the guy who introduces you to Jerry Radcliffe here on the Jerry Radcliffe Show podcast. Uh, We are talking on Friday because uh, we normally talk on Thursdays, at least of late, and Virginia played football yesterday. We figured we'd talk about the game after the game, and and Jerry, there is a lot to digest here. Virginia gets its first win in over a month, 16-9 over Georgia Tech in Atlanta, and um you know, good performance by the offense, great performance by the defense, and the Cavs get the win. Yeah, it was a much-needed win, obviously, Tony Elliott's first ACC win. And um, it wasn't pretty for the most part, at least on offense, but uh, defense, like you said, was outstanding. Held uh, Georgia Tech to 202 yards total offense, only 55 on the ground, and uh, held them to uh, no points in the – uh, second half, I guess, and, and pulled away for a 16 to nine win. And uh, they've owned Georgia Tech recently. They've won four of the last five, but they had not won in Atlanta in a long time. I think going back to 2008. So um, they broke the uh, winless streak on the road, which went back to last season at Louisville. So they they accomplished some things and. Uh, Maybe that will give them some, some confidence and some momentum, Chris, going into a now a four-game homestand over the next month. Yeah, a rare four-game homestand. We've been talking about this ever since the schedule came out. Um, you know, and the defense actually, I mean, not only giving up just, uh, you know, no points in the second half, really the defense only gave up three points. Uh, six points came on the pick six yeah. uh, early in the game. The Virginia offense turned it over twice on the first five offensive snaps including that pick six. The defense also came up big, uh, getting a stop, an interception in the end zone uh, on a nice tip play. I think it was um, Cohen King who came up with the interception after Fentrell Cypress with great makeup speed on a third down pass, uh, third and goal pass that could have easily been a touchdown uh, when Jeff Sims was still in the game. And uh, and then, yeah, the defense clamped down. Uh, I mean, you know, just over 200 yards off of that. I think it was 201 for Georgia Tech. Um and Virginia with eight sacks, and they were in the backfield early and often in that one. John Rosinski, his group, really played well. They really did, and, you know, they're one of the nation's leaders. They, I haven't checked the stats today. They might be leading the nation in fumble recoveries and uh, have done well with turnovers this season. And uh, eight sacks, you know, that's I think that's the second most in UVA history since they've been recording sacks. So uh, that was a nice accomplishment, and uh, I think they were they were aided tremendously when Jeff Sims was knocked out of the game with a foot injury of some kind early in the game because that made Georgia Tech's offense very very one dimensional. Essentially, they they uh, lost their RPO part of their offense, and. Uh, the zone read part of their offense because this yeah, the backup quarterback Zach um, Gibson just wasn't ready for the challenge and they were able to uh, take advantage of him in, in a lot of ways and I think he made a lot of poor decisions and he doesn't seem to be a very mobile guy he he really didn't do much Virginia's like you said Rudzinski's defense um, great momentum the first. 
six Georgia Tech possessions of the second half were three and outs, and that that helped tremendously. And unfortunately, Virginia's offense couldn't take advantage of it, uh, could only kick a field goal um, after missing uh, field goal and an extra point. So um, offense still has a lot of work to do going into this week's home game against Miami, and they're going to have to – play a lot better, I think, to, to beat the Hurricanes, Chris. You know, the, uh, the there were improvements in the offense, 410 yards total offense, first time against a Power 5 team this, that the offense got 400-plus this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they just couldn't finish drives out. Um, and, uh, you know, Brennan Armstrong had flashes where he looked very comfortable. He ended up 20 of 35, 255. He also had over 90 yards rushing uh, and a touchdown. Um, the one, the pick six was, it's one of those, it, it, it shouldn't have been, you know, they shouldn't put those on the quarterback. It hit Keaton in the hands, uh, popped up in the air, returned for the touchdown. The second one was his fault, underthrown ball on a deep pass. Um, he also had some issues. Again, we've seen this a lot this year with the receiver group. Um, drops were an issue, three, uh, three official drops, and there were a couple others that could have easily been uh, recorded as drops by this group. So yep. um, there were steps forward. There were steps backwards uh, in some ways for the offense. Yeah, sure was. I mean, you know, they, they came into the game number 122 in the country and scoring offense averaging 17.8 points per game, and they were pretty much on that mark yesterday. Um, they came into the game – Eleventh uh, in the ACC in third down conversions, and they were only two of fourteen last night against the Yellow Jackets. And they were twelfth in the ACC in red zone offense, and uh, they were two of three there. With uh, so that that improved a little bit, although they still uh, they just couldn't get it done offensively in terms of getting into the end zone. And then penalties, they were last in the ACC, averaging 71.3 yards per game. Uh, and they had 10 penalties last night for 82 yards. So uh, all those phases, they were pretty consistent with what has plagued them all season. And and then I, th- I think I saw where they were 90th in the country and passes dropped. And uh, I'm sure they didn't improve much after last night in that regard. Yeah, they had three drops last night, one each for uh, Lavelle Davis, uh, who, who dropped one in the end zone. Uh, the one I mentioned by Thompson that popped up for the pick six, and then Dontavion Wicks. Now, Wicks had a couple of nice catches, including that 44-yard catch and run where he somehow stayed in bounds on the sideline twice. I'm not sure how he did that. Um, and also a nice diving catch on a 37-yarder uh, that set up, I think it set up, helped set up that field goal. Um, but drops have been an issue for those guys. Keaton Thompson, nine drops this year. Well, Wicks with, with uh, six – or, excuse me, seven drops this year. Um, I did look, uh, Jerry, at the offensive line. The numbers were really good there. Um, of course, no sacks. Um, yeah. the, the number of quarterback pressures was low. Uh, uh, Tom, uh, uh, Armstrong was pressured on 13 of his 39 dropbacks, so just a third of his dropbacks. It's still higher than last year's number. I think he was closer to 25 26%. Uh, of his dropbacks last year being pressured. But this year, the number going into the game last night was in the low 40s in terms of percentage of dropbacks under pressure. So line did a better job there. Also, uh, the running game had uh, some success, 155 yards on the ground. So 
um, offensive line by and large uh, seems to take a, a good step forward. Yeah, I, I would agree. And yeah, he had been sacked 20 times coming into that game so far this season, which was uh, next to last in the in the uh, ACC. And uh, they kept him clean last night. I, they moved the pocket a little bit with some some play action and some rollouts, and uh, and he had some nice success with that. But yeah, they did seem to make some uh, progress in that area. Uh, a decent running game with uh, Xavier Brown, and then ninety one of those hundred and fifty five yards rushing were by Armstrong. And we hadn't seen uh, we had seen him a little bit. This year, they, obviously, they don't want him running as much as he did a year ago, but he had that one long run against Richmond in the opening game and then uh, that big run last night against the uh, Georgia Tech, and that, that was huge. He ended up being Virginia's leading rusher, which uh, – and, uh, again, you know, it's, it, J- Jay Wolfuck, the backup quarterback, was out, didn't dress out. So uh, – there's a little bit of a risk if Armstrong had gotten hurt. I don't know who would have been the backup quarterback, to, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's uh, that is scary uh, to think about. And um, uh, and, and I think the long the long run was a scramble, but uh, a lot of those were designed runs. So yeah, um, they they uh, they they went with their game plan and stuck with it as far as that goes. Uh, um, defensively, we mentioned the eight sacks, um, two each for Chico Bennett Jr. Georgia Tech uh, transfer. Uh, then Nick Jackson, Atlanta native, and then also Paul Paul Carey uh, with with the big numbers there on the sacks. But uh, you know a lot of pressures, a lot of a lot of good work there. I, you know, I guess when when Sims wasn't in the game and, and he got, he did get hit a couple of times before he got. In fact, I think the play where he hurt his ankle, he got hit pretty hard on a pass attempt, and then he wasn't back in the game um, on the next series. But um, uh, yeah, well, they could really pin their ears back when they when when Sims wasn't in there. He can really stretch the field with his his mobility, and as you mentioned, Zach Gibson just not the same guy. Yeah, you're right, and uh, they took full advantage of that. Um, had had to be a great homecoming for Jackson. Um, led the team in tackles with eight. Had the fumble recovery and. Uh, Chico, who played for Georgia Tech before transferring in, that had to be great for him as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think they sacked uh, Sims once, and that might have been on when he got hurt. I, I'm not sure. but um, And they sacked um, Gibson seven times. So a big difference there. And you're right, uh, Jackson is a real danger when he's – running football and and so they took that element completely away plus he's good while in the rpos uh something that certainly gibson couldn't accomplish yeah we saw him we saw sims last year 300 yards and passing three touchdowns i think it was 65 yards rushing uh in that 48 40 loss from georgia tech to virginia and charlottesville but he, he certainly put up big numbers he put up some big numbers too uh, i think in the last three weeks going into last night two 300-yard-plus passing games, a couple of games over 80 yards rushing. Um, so, yeah, not having him there uh, was was big. Um, secondary had had nice games. Uh, I, I looked at uh, – it were two pass breakups each for um, Fintrell Cypress and Jonas uh, um, Sanker. And, mm-hmm. um, and then the interception we mentioned by Cohen King uh, on the deflection. And Anthony Johnson also a, a pass breakup. So – um, even when there were throws on target, if if 
if um, especially the backup Gibson was was able to to evade the rush. Um, you know, the, the guys in the secondary were, were doing a good job uh, with their coverage. Absolutely. And uh, they need that. And, and they've been pretty decent at that. They, in, in terms of giving up explosive plays, they've kept teams, uh, for the most part, under control, even in the losses this year. And that, that's a huge stride for these guys. And uh, as I said, you know, there were a lot of three and outs by Georgia Tech, and, and they just couldn't get, make any headway at all for most of the second half until late in the game they started connecting on a few short passes. But uh, hats off to that defense. They, they played their butts off. Now, so now to the ugly part of the game for Virginia, special teams. Aside from the punter, Sparks, who had who was able to down three, have, have three punts down inside the 10-yard line. That was huge. That was really huge. Yeah, he was five. he was a weapon last night as far as that goes. But uh, now outside of that, um, uh, the, the the place kicker, Will Betridge, the, uh, you know, he was as a kicker, rated as a five-star coming in as a freshman this year, uh, missed an extra point. He missed uh, a 29-yard field goal and a 39-yard field goal. And then there was another scenario where uh, Virginia, the offense had the ball around the 25-yard line, uh, and Tony Elliott decided to go for a fourth and short, like a fourth and three, I think it was, and, and Virginia did not pick that one up. Uh, normally a place where you'd expect to maybe kick a field goal. Um, and so at least seven points off the board, maybe 10 points off the board as a result of that. And, and then not just that, but there were, there, was a, uh, there were a couple penalties on kick returns. There was one kick return where the returner downed the ball instead of calling for a fair catch at the three-yard line, uh, which exposed Brendan Armstrong to a couple of – instead of being able to kneel down the ball at the end of the first half, he had to actually run the ball to avoid you know, safety. Um, and then uh, the, the penalty on the – for some reason, there was an attempt at a punt block, uh, Virginia up 16-9 yeah. late in the game, and Lavelle Davis, of all people, is on the field for a punt block and, and gets assessed for a penalty for trying to leap over the, the wedge. And so, man, special teams. I mean, it's been an issue all season, but that's about as ugly as I've ever seen a unit play. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of that particular play, uh, that, that could have um... – they might be, have been able to ice the game there. I, I don't know, considering their kicking situation. But, you know, they had Georgia Tech backed up. They were at their 12-yard line uh, after the sack there uh, and forced to punt. So I I'm, imagine their punter, if I recall, was either in his own end zone punting or, or certainly close to it. Well, actually, after the sack, he was in – He was. There. I think they were the, – the fourth down was at the three-yard line. He, the, the oh, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, I was looking at the wrong thing there. They were yeah. crunched up there in that punt formation. And oh, yeah. I think the punt was down to like the 45 or 46 on UVA on, – on, on Georgia Tech's side of the field, so plus territory for UVA. Yeah. First down or two there, the game's over. Yeah, and instead they uh, go on and, and – Make uh, a first down. They uh, King was called for a, a pass interference on the a couple of plays later than that, uh, but it was offsetting penalties. So anyway, uh, Georgia Tech uh, managed to keep the ball for another I don't know uh, two or three minutes before they had to. Uh, they went for it on a fourth and eleven with one fifty two left. They had a third and two on the Virginia 43, I think it was. So they were in plus territory. They got from they went from their own three-yard line to plus territory because of that 15-yard penalty. 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, had, had uh, that not been called, uh, they, they should have had the ball in good field position and who knows, might've scored at that point. Uh, I, again, I don't know if he would have gone for it, uh, gone for a uh, field goal under the circumstances, but um, like, you know, they could have iced the game there. Instead, it came it came down to a, a little bit more of a nail-biter than anyone would have preferred. Yeah. I looked it up, Jerry, on Pro Football Focus, you know, where you can look at uh, where guys, what, what positions they play and that kind of thing. That was the first time all season Lavelle Davis was on the punt uh, return. And obviously, he was in there for a punt block. He's 6'7". His job is to go in there and yep. try to be 6'7", stick your hand up and see if you can block <laughs> the punt. So his first time this season, and he, he, he was on uh, punt return twice, in 2020 his freshman year so not a role he's used to being in on i imagine he's in there in practice but practice is different than live fire so um uh yeah virginia escaped that one but uh special teams need some work offense has some issues in terms of just finishing things off that you know virginia's won three games this year jerry i'll, I'll give two of those wins to the defense that odu win as well 16 14 back in september you know that unit has been has been really big in a couple of in, in two of those wins. Yeah, and, and even in some of the losses, yeah. they they have prevented the other team from scoring uh, a lot and, and enough to where Virginia should be able to win if they score anything at all. Uh, so yeah, you got to salute John Rudzinski and his staff on what they've been able to accomplish with basically the same defense that was one of the worst in the country a year ago. So uh, huge strides on that side of the football and yeah, may, may give them some promise for the rest of the season. If the offense can just pull out of the, whatever it is that they're in, that they, that things just aren't clicking. Like you said, they, they did have a lot of offense last night, uh, 410 yards. They ran 73 plays uh, and Armstrong had one of his better games of the season and uh, broke Matt Schaub's, career touchdown pass mark here with 57. Um, and, you know, there was a couple of nice hookups with Wicks, as we talked about, and should have been one with Davis there in the end zone. So, it, you know, it looks like that maybe they're getting a little more chemistry and adapting to Tony Elliott's and uh, Des Kitchen's passing game. Uh, and if they can um, – I don't know if it'll ever get back to last year's numbers that might be unsustainable, but uh, if they can even approach those numbers going down the stretch, they'll at least be a threat in the remainder of their five games. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965 with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat-screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4646.
Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then, because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet Store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. UVA Orthopedics and Sports Medicine boast one of the finest teams of doctors in the country, and they're right here in Charlottesville to not only provide care for the University of Virginia athletic teams, but also the Charlottesville and Central Virginia communities. UVA Orthopedics has been a proud sponsor of the Jerry Ratcliffe Show for the past two years, with numerous team members featured in weekly segments where doctors share great insight into various sports injuries, what causes them, how to treat them, and recovery time. Their team of experts are there for you and offer the best care to solve your health problems and get you back on your feet. Let their team of specialists get you back in the game. They don't leave Virginia, the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth, the rest of the state. I don't know if that's ever happened before. <laughs> I mean, you have five games left, four at home and then the, the finale at Virginia Tech. And, you know, you start looking at the, the games left. I mean, North Carolina's playing great. They've been playing well for a while. But, you know, Miami's been up and down. Um, and, uh, you know, Pitt has has had its issues. Um you know, uh, Virginia Tech, certainly, as we mentioned, uh, you know, that's the finale. Virginia Tech, and with its first-year coach, Brent Pry, they've, they've got a lot of work to do. And even Coastal Carolina, you know, they're a Sunbelt team, and Sunbelt teams have pulled some upsets this year. But uh, Coastal Carolina got blitzed last week by that ODU team Virginia beat a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, 49-21 loss for Coastal in that one. So, yeah, there are some games now that this Virginia team might have some momentum, some certainly some confidence that they didn't, maybe didn't have – uh, for a few weeks there, there are some winnable games down the stretch for this team. Including this week against Miami, which has been very erratic throughout the season. And um, Miami is, is, you know, they've struggled a lot playing in Charlottesville over the years. So uh, if Virginia can get its act together, who knows, they might be able to put together a little winning streak here. That's right. That's right. Well, that's uh you know, it's kind of like it's almost like there's another off week that, you know, it's playing with the buy going into the Thursday game. And then you have, you know, nine days prepare for next week. Um, it gives the team a little bit more time to, to take a break. They can't really get ready for their opponent yet because uh, their opponents, you know, playing this weekend. So, um, you know, chance to, to, to once again, maybe look at some things and, and, and figure some things out and then get ready for Miami next week. Um Let's let's shift real quick to basketball. The uh, ACC preseason um, voting was out. You were down at the uh, the ACC basketball tip off. Virginia picked third. Uh, that's probably not surprising. Uh, with with Carolina first, Duke second. Also, the top twenty preseason top twenty five out. The AP poll. Uh, Carolina was number one. Duke seven. Virginia eighteen. And um, so you know that's pretty much expected. I think that's that's what a lot of us thought. Uh, the general area, especially in the top twenty-five uh, of the nation, um, and you also had some some recruiting news to share. Uh, someone was on grounds yesterday, I believe. Yeah, a little bit, and and yeah, I think number eighteen in the preseason poll is fair, and I actually voted Virginia second in the ACC poll because. Um, 
Duke only has one returning player from last year that mattered, and that's Jeremy Roach, a good guy to have coming back. But, yeah, it's, all these other guys, I don't care if they are five stars, they're still freshmen, and they've got to learn to play together. They've got to learn uh, John Shire's system. I don't know how much it will differ from Coach K's, if if at all. And, you know, they're freshmen. They, they got to learn how to play college defense. Or, or, or maybe some of their uh, one and done teams didn't never really learn to play much defense. They there you go. Yeah. Um, and I wonder about Coach Shire too. We don't know. He's not. He's not sat in the big seat. You know. I mean. Yes. You know, Coach K for all those years won as the great master motivator that he always was. We known to be. Um, but also, I mean, X's and O's wise, you know, you got you got a guy who was in so many battles. He learned at the feet of Bobby Knight, you know, all back in the day. Um, I read the, you know, the recent biography of, of Coach K that went into great detail about his, his you know, long climb up the ladder there. And, um, um, yeah, Coach, you know, John Shire, when he's under fire, how does he respond? So there's a, a whole new team and a brand new coach. Yeah, so that's why I picked. Duke third instead of second, but obviously Carolina should be number one with so many guys back from national runner up, but um, yeah, they did have a, a new visitor on grounds. It was an unofficial visit uh, from Donovan Richardson, a six, six point guard, good size point guard. Yeah, really out of collegiate in Richmond and um, from the 2025 class. And um He's uh, he's been ranked the number six player in the state prospect for his class by Prep Hoops, um, and he uh, I think he visited uh, Virginia Tech recently in East Carolina this coming weekend. Um, he's uh, been looked at by some the uh, Power Five schools like Tech and Virginia. Uh, he's been looked at a lot by Richmond and Old Dominion, Bucknell, VMI. So, uh, he, you know, he's still a young kid with a lot of room to develop. So not sure exactly uh, where he is. Uh, the Christian Gerdak kid, the number one recruit in the state from Paul VI, uh, recently came to Virginia um, for an unofficial visit too. And uh so, you know, you know, they continue to look for players down the road now that they, it looks like the 23 class is pretty much sewn up and um, doing pretty well. They, you know, last year and this year, uh, six four-star re recruits, uh, that, that bodes well for the future. And speaking of recruiting, you know, we, when we recorded last Thursday, you hadn't written this piece yet, um, but you had a nice piece last weekend, I believe it was, um, talking about Tony Bennett and his recruiting, I think I think that's right. It was last weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, you know, Tony's 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 usually very understated, but um, he's he's you know he's talking about his recruiting, and then I guess other folks also are, are noting uh, what he's how how impressive things have been going for Virginia on the recruiting trail of late. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me was one quote that he had is when it comes to recruiting, I don't sell a lot of fluff, <laughs> <laughs> which was a very popular with uh, Virginia fans that, that we read that we had thousands of people who read that story, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, people have negative recruited against him for so long, and they, they're running out of excuses now, Chris. The, the first they said you, you you go there, you're you're not going to win an ACC title, you're not going to get into the Final Four. Uh, he disproved all that. Uh, you're not going to get into the NBA. Uh, they have a bukus of players that's either been in the NBA or are currently in the NBA. Uh, so they ran out of those, and then they uh, a couple of years ago they started saying, "Well, you know, if you go to Virginia, Tony Bennett's not going to be there when you graduate. He's going to go somewhere else." Well, he's turned down uh, ovations from uh, Wisconsin and uh, UCLA, and God knows who else. There's a bunch of teams around the country, um, and some NBA teams that have shown interest in him as well. So. Yeah, I think he said, what What else have I got to do? <laughs> yeah. You would think they run out of ammo by now. I guess the only thing they can use against him now is style of play, and I guess that's not for everyone. And, and you look at the guys. You ha- we, we both had stories this week, uh, DeAndre Hunter uh, re-signing um, – uh, signing an extension with the Atlanta Hawks. He was number four pick in the draft in 2019. He just had a four-year, $95 million extension. He redshirted as a freshman at UVA. Um, yes. He was he was not uh, he was not the number four pick uh, coming out of high school. Let's just say it that way. Uh, Joe Harris is making uh, eighteen or nineteen million dollars this year. He was he was not a, a projected NBA player coming out of high school. Malcolm Brogdon was not a projected NBA player out of high school. He's making twenty two million point twenty two point six million dollars this year. Um, he's he Tony and his staff have proven that they can take guys who are good players. All those guys were with three borderline three, four-star guys, but they weren't projected future NBA guys. Uh, and he's taken good players and made them very good NBA players. Um, and, you know, now what's going to be interesting to see is uh, he's getting access to, to better players. And so what, what's going to happen then, you know, down the road when, you know, these guys who are not borderline three, four stars, but are bona fide four stars, high four stars um, come in and, and work with Tony and work with Jason Williford and that staff and Mike Curtis. And, and they're there for, you know, two, three, four years. And, and then they go to the NBA there. You know, I, th- I think we can, we're going to see a, this pipeline is just going to get deeper and deeper. Oh, I, I don't doubt that one bit. And uh, I thought last year was kind of like uh, a few years ago when they, had a few uh, NCAA appearances in a row, and they had uh, the one NIT interruption and then went on a long NCAA streak, including a national championship, and then back to the NIT last year. I, I felt like that last year was kind of like that first NIT experience. So if they could bridge that gap between uh, that and, and this year, that they would go on another very long NCAA tournament run, Um and who knows how deep, but uh, I, I, I don't think that was their last national championship. So, yeah, and player development. If, if you're a player that wants to play in the NBA and you have the right attitude and, and this enough talent, uh, they'll get it out of you. So uh, I, I would think that would be something that uh, Tony and his staff <laughs> would be pushing uh, to fight the negative – recruiting aspect of it is hey you come here we can develop you and into an nba player if you 
got the work ethic and dedication and, and you have the talent. We'll, we'll bring it out of you and show you how to get there. Yeah, they're not going to just roll the ball on the floor and tell you to go play. They're going to, they're going to develop yeah. when, you, when you get yeah. there. And that, like you said, none of those guys were five stars that yeah. are in the NBA now. There's been like a dozen of them. And uh, and none of them were top 25 right. uh, players in the country either. So, right. um, I mean, that speaks volumes as to what Tony Bennett can do for and his staff can do for a player who wants to get there. The tip-off is two weeks from Monday night. Uh, wow. that, that's that's how close we're getting there. So it, our lives get really interesting in, in terms of being busy uh, starting <laughs> uh, with that. We got these four home football games uh, and then, you know, the, the end of the, the football season, uh, the basketball. Uh, and, and I'm sure you, you might be in the same boat, Jerry, the – what the women are doing with Coach Mox, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make my way over to JPJ at least a couple times early and yeah. get a taste of how that all works out. Yeah, November is, has always been uh, the busiest time for sports writers, I think, um, with football and basketball and, and women's basketball if it's good, which they should be, and then you know you got all the other stuff, uh, NCAA soccer and and that stuff, uh, the other Olympic sports in their postseason so uh yeah november is there's no rest that's for sure i'm glad i'm only 20 minutes away from jpj because uh, i'm gonna be be making the trek over quite a bit these uh these next several weeks i live in charlottesville and sometimes it takes me more than 20 minutes to get there just because of the traffic (laughs) i think my i think i have the advantage living uh living in waynesboro actually yeah no doubt about that um uh what else jerry you working on uh the next few days uh on jerryratcliffe.com uh, mostly football uh, at this point. Uh, not a lot of ex- excess basketball stuff coming out of there. Uh, we didn't get as much breakout time with the players and coaches as we normally do. Um, uh, my son, Scott, is going to have a story on Jaden Gardner. He spent some time with him down in Charlotte while we were down there. And I'll, I have some more nuggets from Tony Bennett the time we had with him. Uh, so we'll have some basketball, we'll have some football, and we also hope to uh, have a, a couple of uh, more interesting podcasts coming up in the in the next week with uh, perhaps some players and go. or coaches, so or and or recruits <laughs> <laughs> and or recruit. Yeah, the, you know we got to get these in now because uh, once uh, the season starts, uh, we're going to be full steam ahead from there. I don't know if, if we'll be able to look up until sometime in March, hopefully April, as far as things go, is like that. That would be okay. <laughs> That'd be okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I you know I know that our listeners have already heard the commercials on the podcast, but I know you like to thank the sponsors uh, uh, as we wrap up. Yeah, uh, UVA Ortho, great people over there at uh, on Ivy Road with their new facility. Uh, if you haven't seen it from the road, you look glance over there on your way in or out of town. It's a uh, uh, one of the, I think it's the third largest on the East Coast or something like that. But it, uh, they've got all the doctors under one roof, and if they need uh, if I, extra con- consultation with another doctor, yeah, they don't have to look for him. He's right there. Um, can't do any better. You don't have to wear a UVA uniform to get uh, their expert uh, skills and how to fix anything that's wrong with you in terms of your ortho needs. So uh, we, we love having them as a sponsor. We'll be having one of their doctors on uh, this coming week, uh, as we normally do monthly. 
the Good Feet Store over in Stonefield, uh, great sponsor. They've uh, been doing a lot of things with UVA in terms of NIL packages, and um, they uh, had a uh, pop shot at halftime of the last home game with Louisville. With uh, I think Kihei and, and Jaden were out there with some fans. I think they're going to have some more kind of stuff like that during basketball season at JPJ. So uh, go by and see them if you're having any discomfort with your hips or your back or your knees, feet. Uh, they can they can fix you up. And uh, Aberdeen Barn, Virginia's finest steakhouse. Uh, we got to get over there, Chris. I'm I, I've been meaning to get over there. I'm I'm yearning a steak. <laughs> now i'm always yearning for steak <laughs> especially their steaks and uh yeah, especially their steak that's right that's right go, go over there and pay them a visit uh it's a wahoo uh, legendary wahoo hangout and uva's uh excuse me a ragged mountain running shop down on the corner uh mark and cynthia lorenzoni with all your running needs and uh Great people. So uh, thank all of our sponsors. And we'd like to welcome onto our website, uh, Hildreth Movers, uh, former Virginia linebacker Charles McDaniel and his family uh, run that company. And uh, it's one of the biggest moving companies on the East Coast, if not the biggest, I'm not sure. So if you're planning on moving back to Charlottesville or if you got to move out of Charlottesville, call Hildreth because they, uh, they're as good as it gets. Our thanks to the sponsors, our thanks to you, the listeners, for uh, helping make the podcast possible, and also checking out jerryratcliffe.com and augustafreepress.com uh, for the latest on UVA sports and other things as well. For Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day. <laughs>